You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball uh, every weekday during the season and then three days a week during this offseason here. So pretty soon we'll be back to five days a week. Stay informed by making us part of your daily routine. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And Kyle, you tweeted out that You've got some information from UK after a uh, Freedom of Information Act request uh, that you have their policies on on COVID-19 testing and procedures. Also, you put out an article on The Athletic uh, that's a survey for UK fans. I actually went through there and took it, but some interesting questions on there that we'll get into and discuss those a little bit. But let's start with the, the testing, something that we talked about on Monday uh, because Kentucky had released the information that 106 football players had been tested. And of those uh, 106, six of them had tested positive for uh, antibodies that had encountered the coronavirus. But uh, they said, then they released a statement. I think it was the Herald leaders, Josh Moore, that had uh, Guy Ramsey, spokesperson for UK, saying, but we're not doing diagnostic testing. And the reason we're not doing diagnostic testing is because of um, its inaccuracy, that it can sometimes not show positive results. It can be negative, and then the next day it can be positive. And uh, it's just not as reliable was kind of the feeling I got from them. But uh, that has sparked some debate on whether or not this is the way to go about it. I mean, from my understanding, if you're coming in there, and you're not being tested to see if you have it right now, but you're being tested for antibodies that have encountered it. How is that so different, I guess? Well, because, uh, I mean, again, I'm not an expert, so I don't want to speak with total certainty here. But you're as not Dr. Fauci. Yeah, but, I, <laughs> but as, I under, as I understand it, the, the antibody test tells you if you had it before in the past. It does not... Right it does not identify active cases. So that's a pretty big difference to me. Yeah. Um, because if you've had it before and you've recovered, that's actually a good thing. That's great to know. It's, I think it's great to identify who those people are um, because in that case, they are probably going to be safe. It, I, I, I think you should be identifying people who have the antibodies. Uh, you can put those people around all your at-risk people in theory. Um, right. But don't, but, I think you have a lot harder time, at least at the start, managing a spread if you don't know, like, if you don't know who has an active case. Uh, it's really strange. You know, what if fifty guys were walking in the door with active cases that were uh, asymptomatic, and their age group and fitness level would be such that that many they would be the types that would have no symptoms. I mean, those they, those mm-hmm. are the most asymptomatic type of people. Uh, young, I just wonder, wondered if you like if you're if you're an active case if you if you walk in and you've got it and they test you for the antibodies wouldn't it show that you're antibodies? I don't think it. No, I don't think it does. No, it doesn't show that way. Okay, not until you're not until you're recovered. I don't think. Uh, you know, and, and so, I mean, there there have been a few people that have raised this uh, question. I, I think the other thing that here beyond the the details 
uh, of it, or maybe a part of it is lack of details. Um, because in my open records request, my specific rec- request 12 days ago was with the uni- filed with the university, said that I wanted, quote, all policies regarding testing, prevention, and treatment of COVID-19 and student-athletes as they return to campus. Now, they are legally required to give me that in a timely fashion or mm-hmm. to make their argument for why they cannot give it to me. They don't, they don't uh, approve every open records request you file. There are some things that they'll fight with you on and say, well, because of this legal technicality or this privacy issue, we can't. So, I mean, if I asked to know who the six players were who tested positive for antibodies, they would, they would and successfully would deny me that. Mm, and so, I, right. you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask that. I don't care. I'm not trying to violate anybody's privacy. Um, so it's important to note that because if they didn't think, if there's more information that they have, if they have more detailed policies and they did not give them to me, they would have needed to explain it because they always send a letter with their response. And they, so their reply includes a cover letter that says, Mr. Tucker, here's what you requested. Our response, pursuant to your request, please see the attached documents from the university's athletics department with regard to COVID-19 that are responsive to your request. And then it said, additionally, be advised, as of yesterday, 113 student-athletes have been antibody tested and six were positive, which we already know. Yeah. So, So then I must read that as the entirety of the university's policies official policies on COVID testing, prevention, and treatment for student-athletes is two pages. That's what they sent me. Two single sheets. And one is like a clip art thing that I assume is going to be tacked up all over the facilities. And it says, consult your team athletic trainer or personal provider if you experience any of the following. Fever, cough, shortness of breath, chills, yada, yada, yada. The symptoms of COVID. You tweeted it out if folks want to go check it out. Yeah, seek immediate emergency care if you have trouble breathing, yada, yada, yada. And it's got pictures of staying six feet apart, wearing a mask, washing your hands. You know, this is a juvenile sort of very rudimentary flyer. Like something you'd see in the health department or at the doctor's office. Right. And then there's a one page with a bunch of writing on it that's got, it says, parent and player COVID-19 protocol information. And then it says return to campus, and it talks about doing antibody tests, uh, positive tests, what they'll do, uh, disinfection, and a daily check-in. Nowhere, nowhere in here does it indicate that UK on its own will test anybody for an active uh, case. It says if people are, are demonstrating that they have symptoms of an active case, they'll, they'll uh, meet with staff to determine if they need to test them or they will have them seek their own uh, testing. Um, so there's two things. One, I, I, I don't understand and haven't been explained, uh, I don't think, even in that story Josh Moore had. I, I didn't know that that was a valid explanation necessarily, uh, or satisfactory, not valid, but satisfactory right. explanation of why you wouldn't want on the front end to know every one of these guys is either positive or ne- negative walking in the door. You know, yeah. they say, well, two days from now, he could be positive and it not test. And two days from now, he tests positive. Fine. That's fine. But I'd like, still like to know if we've got 50 guys that are going to test positive day one so they can mm-hmm. be nowhere near anybody. And right. so we can protect 
anybody that might be at risk that could come in contact with them. Um, and then the other thing is just the lack of detail. This is, I say two pages, but the other one is a flyer. This is essentially one page of actual policy laid right. out. So either they didn't give me everything and they didn't tell me they didn't give me everything, or this is the, this is the entirety of the policy because that is what I asked for. And the NBA for its return to play has like a 123 page list of protocols. I mean, they're down to how many packs of trading cards they're going to provide for players that they, they can throw their cards away after they play cards with each other. (laughs) Um, and these are guys who are multi-millionaires who will get the best possible health care if they ever do get sick. We're taking those precautions with those guys. Are we, are we really going to go this basic in our precautions for the unpaid labor in college athletics? I, there's, a, there's a little something of that about that to me that doesn't sit great. Um, no. So I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I'm not like – I'm not just, you know – out of hand dismissing Kentucky's plan and saying they have a bad plan or they're being reckless. I it just, it strikes me as odd. It strikes me as thin. If this is all there is, uh, it strikes me as not really accounting for some, some basic realizations, the realities of things that are going to happen and challenges that are going to uh, come into play as the, as these athletes more and more get here and get around each other. Um, so I have, I think to me, in putting in this request and what we know about what Kentucky is doing so far, I have way more questions than I do answers right now. All right. We'll uh, take a break. When we come back, we'll discuss, well, uh, we'll discuss a little bit about Christy Mack, um, coach Mack's wife, Louisville head coach, Chris Mack. Boy, she put out something and Aaron Calipari responded. So we'll discuss that a little bit as well as get to uh, some of the questions on the survey that Kyle has out there on the athletic, but let me tell you about built bar and what they're doing right now, 50% off everything at builtbar.com. And then in addition to that, 100% of profits from 8 million bars will be donated to organizations that support education, fight poverty, uh, promote equality and promote ending hate and racism. You go to builtbar.com right now. You can learn more about all of that, but that's what kind of company they are. That's what kind of deal you can get 50% off right now. But then the product itself is awesome. Tastes so much like a candy bar and it doesn't taste dense and chalky like so many of those protein bars that are out there. And then on top of that, it's, it's the best one as far as protein, uh, high protein, low calories, low sugar, low carbs. It's great. I love them. I've tried many different flavors. Uh, they're all covered in 100% chocolate. You can get you can get them with nuts. You can get them without nuts if you have a nut allergy. You're covered either way. Go to builtbar.com, enter the code locked on, and that'll give you $10 off your first order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off your first order at builtbar.com. <laughs> Are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky, and um, Christy Hester Mack. That's uh, Coach Chris Mack's wife, and her handle on I don't know is it Instagram or Twitter, whatever she Facebook, put it on. Facebook, I think. Yeah, Facebook. Okay, well, Aaron Calipari 
uh, saw something on there and said, Hey, coach Mac, you might want to, you know, explain to your wife, talk to your wife about what, you know, what the, your basketball players may feel uh, about this particular thing. And she's just pointing at like a rant that someone had Kristen Stevenson. I'm not sure I know who that is, but basically in the rant, it's like, I don't know who I'm supposed to support or who I'm offending by saying this or, you know, at one point, nurses and doctors, uh, they're great for now, but uh, two months ago, truck drivers were heroes. Now they're not. First responders were all the rage. Now we hate them. On and on that way. Am I supposed to wear a mask? No, don't wear a mask. Wait, did, she, del- did, she, did Aaron Calipari delete it? Delete her response to it? Oh. I, I think it's gone. Did she? She get rid of it. Like some of her subsequent responses are still there, but uh, <laughs> I think her main John, response, John Calipari might have might have said something to her, made, made a request because uh, she yeah. tweeted right at yeah. Chris Mack. She tweeted directly yeah. to Chris Mack and said, "Hey, you might want to check up on your wife." Uh, but I mean, so there's a line in it. I mean, what what basically. Chris Mack's wife is endorsing where she, this, this woman says black lives matter. Of course they do. Then multiple black officers and individuals were killed during the peaceful protest. I don't see any outrage. Black individually owned businesses burned to the ground. Silence. Deadliest weekend in Chicago. Nothing. I'm really confused now. Look at the data. No, not that data. Do the math. No, you can't do math like that. And so it's on and on like that. Just saying it's all so confusing. I, I tell you one thing. I, I can clear one thing up for you right now. Wear a freaking mask. <laughs> yeah. Wear a mask. No confusion here. Wear the damn mask. Simple. Just do that. You're not making a political statement. Has nothing to do with anything other than not spreading the coronavirus, the pandemic that is absolutely 100% real and affecting yes. our country more than any other place on planet Earth. We are failing the most at protecting ourselves. Wear the damn mask. Yeah, and, and at this point, I mean, people, reasonable people on both sides are coming around. I mean, the, the governor of Texas, who's been very much on the other side of this and kind of poo-pooing it all, came out and said, like, please wear a mask. <laughs> you know, Thank because you. I think we're realizing now, and th- there are some really helpful, simple graphics out there, and I will, uh, we're, we're, we're um, digressing a little bit, but this is worth it. You know, there, there's one that's out there now, and this this is pretty standard. Like you see this everywhere now, medical professionals sharing it. If, if a COVID-19 carrier has no mask on and is exposed to a person wearing a mask, the person wearing the mask still has a 70% chance of getting COVID. But if the person with COVID has the mask on and the person without a mask on, uh, the non-COVID person without the mask on only has a 5% chance of getting it. Because as yeah. we know, the mask is helping preventing you from spreading. But then yes. they, if, if both people wear one, it's 1.5%. To me, there you go. at that point, yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, I know it makes people mad to wear one <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason. But if we're talking about if if – you and I are sitting in front of each other. One of us doesn't have it and the other one does. And we're both wearing a mask. And the one that doesn't have it only has a 1.5% chance of getting it. Why are we yeah. not doing that? Uh, because like you could say, well, it's not protecting me. 
but you could also think, well, if everybody else wouldn't would think selflessly that the yeah. you know, if if every if everybody else in here thinks, well, it doesn't protect me and so nobody wears a mask, then we're all making each other sick. But if we all think, well, if I wear one, maybe I'll protect someone else, and if everybody else wears one, maybe they'll protect me, then we all protect each other. Uh but yeah, yeah just, there, there's a lot going on. on. There's a lot going on in whoever this random person's post is ranting it's a it's a sort of a typical everything is you know the the conservatives are being persecuted white people are being persecuted type of rant that all lives matter and why am i being told to wear a mask um and so look she doesn't she's there the post isn't without some valid points i mean there are there are some valid points that people make in these angry rants uh, but they're beside the point in many ways, <laughs> and they ignore the bigger point. Uh, and they can be pretty clearly interpreted if you if you want to interpret them that way. Um, as uh, I don't know how I want to say this, but anti information, <laughs> anti fact. It's a stupid rant. I'll just go ahead and say I, I just think it's stupid. Yeah. I can answer all her questions for her pretty much. Yeah, I can pretty much. Everything but, she asks, oh, I don't know where to believe this or where the, well, I can tell you, honey. Yeah, I'll just tell you straight up. As a reasonable human being, here are the answers to these little questions you have. Here they are. Just live your life that way. Don't worry. You won't be confused. Um, I tell you why you're confused, <laughs> Yeah, but we won't go that far. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. But, um, but, but so, so the gist of it all is that's all, that's all in this post from some random person who we don't even know. Uh, and, the wife of Lul's basketball coach, Christy Mack, Chris Mike, what Mack's wife does the little fingers down thing that you put when you basically without words, you're saying this, I agree with this. Yeah. And an endorsement. And that's, yeah. and that's pretty universal. It's not even, it's not even as ambiguous as hitting the you know retweet button where you go retweets are not an endorsement. Like yeah. it's a pretty much the universal emoji language of, I support this, this thought. Right. Um, which was probably not bright, uh, given that uh, the demographic that her husband is trying to recruit probably disagrees with her uh, to a large extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's what Aaron Calipari, John Calipari's daughter, pointed out. She jumped in there and said, Chris, my, uh, you know, one thing I would say is, that Aaron maybe got wrong there is I don't know that any husband has should be going to tell his wife what she can and cannot say. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's her own person, but she, you would hope as his wife, knowing that they are public figures would have respect for him <laughs> and not and in the job that he has to do and not put things out that could potentially end, end him up in hot water. Um, right. And I do think Aaron Calipari is right about that. Like that could be a real headache for Chris Mack. I mean, it's already probably a huge headache. I'm sure he's like banging his head on the wall when he saw that uh, she put that out there publicly and it got exposed. Um, So yeah, I mean the, the best, most interesting part of that is this Louisville Kentucky rivalry really went kind of stale and, and gentle and boring after Rick Pitino left town. I mean, there, you know, did anybody hate Chris Mack? Was there anything hateable about him? Was there any, uh, was there any f- sort of piss and vinegar in the the Cal versus Mac rivalry? Uh, mm. Well, there is now. <laughs> now yeah. Cal's daughter is like like pretty aggressively calling out Chris Mac's wife. I think we now have some juice to this rivalry again. Uh, yeah, and 
for that, I'm, I guess I'm grateful. It's kind of fun to, to have these people going back and forth at each other again. And this is a perfect opportunity to tell you that the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social <laughs> yes, injustice. Yes, we do. Yes, and that's a very good segue. That's why we, the hosts, all of us, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. In the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. If you want to make your own donation along with us, we encourage you to do so. Visit LockedOnPodcasts.com forward slash Black Lives Matter. And when we return here on Locked On Kentucky, we'll discuss the survey that Cal has put out there on The Athletic for Kentucky fans. Some interesting questions we'll discuss next. This is Locked On Kentucky. Your team every day. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Kentucky. And Kyle, I read your survey. I took part in your survey that is up on The Athletic right now. It's the Athletic 2020 Kentucky Fan Survey. Um, and there's some basic stuff on there, like how would you describe your fandom so you kind of establish if this person's a diehard or casual fan. And, you know, what era did you become? UK basketball fan, Rupp or Calipari, Patino, Tubby, Joby Hall, Eddie age, that kind of thing. Um, and then where's your passion lie? Is it more for men's basketball? Is it more for football? Is it about the same? Uh, but then, then you start getting into some, uh, some really interesting questions. Like, is it realistic for Kentucky football to expect an sec championship game appearance in the next five years with the response? Yes. And win it. Yes, but not win it. And no. Yeah, I, you know, I I think this is going to be an interesting exercise. We did it in a bunch of our pro sports. We did these fan polls, uh, fan surveys, and we're starting to do them now, roll them out in the college sports, um, just to get a sense for where fans fall, you know, what, what are expectations. You know, there's sort of job satisfaction questions on, on John Calipari and Mark Stoops in there. Uh, you know, are, hap- are you happy with the home basketball scheduling? Um you know, right. when, when would, how many more years without a final four, but would it take before you put John Calipari on the hot seat? Um, yeah. Checkerboards on the uniforms. Some, some of those issues that I've heard come up over the years. It, it's a great opportunity with this Google survey that we have embedded in the story on the athletic to, um, to get a sense for where does the fan base come down on these things? And, and I do think that's the, the one about the sec is interesting. Like what, where has Mark Stoops gotten expectations for this program? He's obviously raised expectations. I think he's right. he's raised the level of what people think is possible now with uh, Kentucky football. Um, but do people expect to like win the SEC championship now? Um, I don't know. I'm interested to find out. You know, and and a few other things. And then, you know, so some of that I think will generate an interesting story next week when we have some of those answers, you know, who's your, who's your all time favorite UK men's basketball or UK basketball player and football player. What What's the greatest win, you know, you've experienced as a UK football or basketball fan, those kind of things I'm interested to hear. Um, and then we left some open ones where people can, you know, tell us, you know, what do you want from our coverage of, um, Kentucky what's a story you would love to read and apparently I haven't seen the answers yet my boss can see them as they're coming in and he said oh, he, th- he thinks they're gonna <laughs> produce some like really good you know story ideas that people have already said like hey I'd love to read about this kind of interesting angle or this topic and 
So we'll we'll take that and we'll we'll give people what they want. We wanted to hear from people what they're interested in, so we can uh, write about it accordingly. Well, you'll love me for my answer because I said uh, more football. <laughs> <laughs> nice, I love it. I love writing about football. You know, I've uh, more work for you. <laughs> they've hired me to cover Kentucky basketball, and so that's been my focus. But I've written football here and there, and that's one of the reasons I work some football into this, just to kind of gauge the interest in those things um i am curious for you like to you like what do you think is the did you what did you put as the greatest win in uk basketball history i i struggled with it because it was between the 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 mardi gras miracle game where kentucky was down 34 points at lsu yes and came back to win it um and that was a great game that i've watched several times but was it its greatest win and so greatest win, I put the 96 national championship victory over Syracuse because Kentucky hadn't won a national championship since 1978. Um, Joby Hall was gone. Uh, Eddie Sutton came in and the, the program was in shambles. It was scandal. You know, yeah. Kentucky shame was on the front page of Sports Illustrated. And here came Rick Pitino uh, to revive the program. And that moment marked Kentucky's ascension back to the top of college basketball and began an era where they went to three consecutive championship games and won two of them. Uh, so that to me was the most important, you know, as far as what I've been alive and been able to see it is, was 1996, you know, making that, that mark and making that, uh, that statement to college basketball that, Kentucky's back. Yeah. I would think that one. And I think the one, uh, I wrote, a, I wrote a history of the 25 years later, I guess it was of the Mardi Gras miracle, um, last year for the athletic. Um, the only caveat there is that actually was like a really crappy LSU team. They just yeah. happened to get down big and they were really good and they came roaring back, but it was unforgettable. I also, but I think one of the other great wins is the, that I wrote about here in March when we didn't have basketball, we were doing kind of great moments in tournament history was when they beat that undefeated Indiana team. Uh, oh yeah. Under Joe B. Hall, right. I, like right. so many older fans, like that was so rewarding because they did it to Bobby Knight and they denied him a perfect mm -hmm. season, you know, right. and, it, and it got Joe B into the final four. And like, there were just a lot of, a lot of, they didn't win the national title that year, but th that win, resonate I'm, I'm curious to see where that one registers on the the vote for greatest basketball win ever what what did you put for football well for football i put 2007 lsu lsu yeah, was number one yeah. in the country and then lsu wound up going on to claim the national championship that season and in my lifetime that was kentucky's best football season until the 10 win season two years ago that was it where kentucky was ranked I think Kentucky got ranked as high as number seven in the country that season. College game day came here for Kentucky's game against Florida after Kentucky had beaten LSU. Kentucky had beaten a top 10 Louisville team to open the season, which that one might be thrown in there. But, I mean, I was at that game and just, just the magnitude of it. It was like, all right, Rich Brooks has got Kentucky to a point where they can actually compete with the best of the best. Because that season, that was the best team in the country, LSU, the national champs, and Kentucky beat them. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, there there are not many programs w with Kentucky's sort of 
ho-hum history that have on their resume beating a national champion in the national champions winning, you know, championship season. Right. Uh, that was a we- that was obviously a weird year because LSU lost twice that year, but uh, would they also lose to Arkansas? I can't remember. They lost I can't twice. remember who else they lost to, but yeah, they lost twice. Um, that was also like a triple overtime game. Yeah, but um, just you know, the scene. I remember the CBS, you know, CBS uh, like blimp footage of of Kentucky fans storming the field and everything after they yeah. uh, beat LSU. That was that has to be way up there. I wonder, like, for some people, especially younger fans, will something from the Stoops era, be, you know, beating, ending the streak against Florida at the Swamp in a, in the midst of a ten win season. Yeah, you know, is that on the list? You know, is beating a, a name brand like Penn State in a New Year's Day bowl game to cap a ten win season for the first time in forty years? Is that on the the list? You know, I, I you know, it's probably a pretty pretty short list of like even nominees for greatest win in in UK football history, and some of them have been pretty recent. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Locked on Kentucky. We'll be back uh, Friday uh, to cap off the week. and um, go, on, go and take that survey if you haven't. If you're listening, go yeah. take our survey. Go to theathletic.com uh, and you'll find that survey there. Some uh, interesting stuff like who's your all-time favorite UK football player, UK men's basketball player. Like I'd like to see who was number one, like who the number one uh, answer was for those. Uh, so that'll be interesting. We'll talk about that, I guess, next week's when we'll really yeah. have uh, most of the results in. So until then, hit us up on Twitter if you want us to talk about something. Got a question? I'm at D R I E F F E R. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A T H. In the meantime, tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On NFL. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>